Archbooks Treasury Christmas Collection is the perfect Christmas gift for children, grandchildren, and godchildren ages 5 through 9. This new resource is published by Concordia Publishing House. Their phone number, 1-800-325-3040. You can also purchase Archbooks Treasury Christmas Collection at issuesetc.org. The Issues Etc. Book of the Month for December, Archbooks Treasury Christmas Collection, 1-800-325-3040 or issuesetc.org. The media is tone deaf to the music of religion in daily life. It's pure, blunt, and I think pretty despicable politics to try to paint people of faith with the bigot label. And if they do that, then the IRS is empowered to take away the tax exempt status of religious organizations that disagree. No one is worthless for whom Christ died. And of course, Christ died for all. We are not to make any distinctions based on social status or mental or physical ability or power or wealth or anything else. The gospel is the power of God and salvation for all who believe. The gospel is the power, not you making some decision. I tell you, Christ has decided for you. Believe it, and it's yours. Families putting up their manger scenes from the outdoor nativity store, love, issues, etc. We hear this account of Jesus asleep in the boat, and then upon waking up at his disciples' insistence, he simply speaks, and the wind that had been so troubling and endangering his disciples out there on the lake dies down. There is a great calm, we're told, in Mark's gospel, and there's great fear in the disciples. Why? Greetings and welcome to Issues Etc., coming to you live from the studios of Lutheran Public Radio in Collinsville, Illinois. I'm Todd Wilkin. Thanks for tuning us in. We're going to be teaching a Sunday school lesson on Jesus calming a storm in Mark chapter 4 with Pastor Tom Baker of Law and Gospel. Then we'll be responding to your unanswered Bible questions with Pastor Brian Kedgelmeyer and Pastor Brian Wolfmiller. We'll round it all off today talking with Dr. Scott Yenner, Professor of Political Science at Boise State University. We'll discuss cancel culture in higher education. Pastor Tom Baker is host of a radio show called Law and Gospel. For almost 30 years, he met monthly to prepare his Sunday school teachers for the classroom. Tom, welcome back. Uh, thank you. Were the disciples in real danger? No. In this particular situation, they were not in real danger of dying as they thought they were going to be because... Well, Jesus was asleep in the boat, and they woke him up and said, Lord, save us, we are perishing. So they thought that they were going to perish in this big, big storm that was occurring on the Sea of Galilee, but no, they were not, and that's what the lesson is really all about. Why was Jesus asleep in the boat? What had been happening? Well, this occurred... It's also not in Mark chapter 4, but it occurs in Matthew chapter 8 and Luke chapter 8. And I would encourage the Sunday school teachers to look up these other passages because they give more information. Now, Mark just says, On that day when evening had come, Jesus said to the disciples, Let us go across to the other side. 
But Matthew indicates, now when Jesus saw great crowds around him, he gave orders to go to the other side. And he got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Luke says, one day he got into a boat with his disciples. He said to them, let us go across to the other side of the lake. So they put out. Now, it's, it's kind of important to realize this is the Sea of Galilee, and Jesus is on the northwestern side of the sea. So if you're looking at the map, it would be the upper left side of the sea. This was a Jewish region, so he was speaking to Jews about him being, of course, the coming Messiah. But then, when he went to the other side, he was traveling to go to a more Gentile region, and therefore, he was on the mission to reach all people, just as the children should be on that mission, that we talk to everybody about Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter their nationality or their race or if they're male or if they're female, they need to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. So Jesus is on the way to the other side of the lake. And boy, as Matthew shows us, great crowds were around him. And so he needed a rest. And that's why he went to sleep in the stern of the boat, resting for his continued mission with the Gentiles. What did the disciples say to Jesus when they wake him up? Well, the disciples were really concerned because in each of the readings, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, it says a great windstorm arose and it went down onto the lake and the boat was filling with water. And Luke says they were in danger, according to the disciples. But Jesus was asleep in the stern of the boat. And so they woke him up. Now, what's kind of interesting is there are a couple of things that Enduring Faith does, and that's the Sunday School literature. I had not heard of this one, so I looked it up. What it is, they encourage the students to do a storm in a bottle. Now, what does that mean? Well, I looked it up on the internet, and the Sunday school teacher can do that. Just type in storm in a bottle, and it's an experiment. And the way it works is you have a glass about, oh, half filled with water. And then on top of the water, you put shaving cream, uh, about two inches of shaving cream. The shaving cream represents the clouds and the water represents, well, the atmosphere. And what you do then, you take some colored liquid and that's just water mixed with some kind of coloring and you begin to drop it on top of the shaving cream. And you can drop about five, six, seven spoonfuls of it 
until it comes through the shaving cream and goes into the glass, into the water. And that's a storm in a bottle. And there's different ways in which that can be done. You can even do a tornado in a bottle, etc. But what I appreciate is the teacher is therefore using on searching a kind of way of looking at the internet to see if they can be helped by this. And that's called a storm in a bottle. And when you see that happening, you can understand why the disciples were afraid. The second thing that the Enduring Faith CPH material does is they tell the teacher to look up the Dutch painter Rembrandt. He's a very famous painter, and he did a picture, drew it, Storm on the Sea of Galilee. And there's oh, about five or six examples of that, and you can blow it up on the computer and show the storm. And it really is a violent storm. The disciples are all on one side of the boat. The uh, sails of the boat are really whipping around. The winds are very high. And there's Jesus asleep, asleep in the boat. And so it really helps the children to understand why the disciples also would have been in much fear. And they had such fear that when they wake Jesus up, they say, Lord, save us. We are perishing. That's what Matthew says. Mark says, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing. And Luke says, Master, Master, we are perishing. So those differences could be from the different disciples, all talking to Jesus at one time. And therefore, they're trying to wake them up because they feel that, boy, they're about to maybe be in great danger and drown. How does Jesus respond? Jesus responds by waking up and he actually rebukes two items. In Mark chapter 4, verse 39, he woke up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. In Matthew 8, it says, Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a dead calm. And Luke says, he woke up and rebuked the wind and the raging waves. They ceased, and there was a calm. So the word calm is found in all three Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Well, you can imagine that Here are waves pounding against the boat, and you're wondering, oh my, are we going to sink? Are we going to drown? And in the next instant, everything is calm, and the disciples are amazed. So what does Jesus then say to the disciples after he's stilled the storm? Yes, 
As I said, he rebukes both the wind and the sea, peace be still, and then he says to the disciples, why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? Now, that really needs to be explained because Matthew says, why are you afraid you of little faith? And Mark and Luke, where is your faith? You still have no faith? So the Sunday school teacher needs to explain to the students what Jesus is talking about. Because did they have knowledge that Jesus would wake up and calm the sea? No, they did not have that knowledge. So what faith were they to have? Well, when we use the word faith, that always refers to believing a promise from God. It's the difference between saving yourself by your own works or being saved by trusting the promises of the gospel. So Jesus gives promises. Uh, He that believes and is baptized, for example, shall be saved. Read Romans 6 on baptism. So many promises there about how we are saved through faith, not by our works, according to Ephesians. So what was the faith that was missing in the disciples? That they weren't aware of the fact that Jesus would get up and calm the sea, but they should have been aware of something else. Reading the Old Testament, if you read the Old Testament, it is clear that they're not going to perish in the middle of the Sea of Galilee because it says in Psalm 22, Jesus will be pierced in hands and feet. And David wrote that when the crucifixion wasn't even in existence yet. But the disciples, when they heard that, should have realized that Jesus would be dying on a cross. There's no cross in the middle of the Sea of Galilee. And therefore, if you take a look at a number of passages in the Old Testament, God explains how Jesus is going to suffer, how he's going to die. And he himself even told the disciples, in three days, he's going to rise from the dead. But they just didn't believe those things. They did not have faith. And so, Had they had faith, they would have seen Jesus sleeping in the boat and said, well, we don't have to worry about it because he's not dying on the cross. Something is going to happen to save us because we will not perish. Even they are talked about in the Old Testament. And though they will desert Jesus and one will betray him, that had not yet occurred. And so they should have had faith. Why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? Now, that's important to get across to the students. I had an experience as a father that really scared me. I was with the youth group at one of our members' cabins, and there was a a river in front of the cabin, 
And normally you could walk across the river. It wasn't very deep. It was only about, oh, six inches deep and about 20 feet across. But at that time of the year when we were there, the snow had melted and it was quite a raging river. It was flowing down. Well, I took two of my children and they were very young. I made sure they had life preservers on and I took them for a ride with a motor on a small boat in the middle of this river. Well, I got caught on a tree branch that was sticking up out of the river. And there we were in the middle of the river and there was nothing I could do. I looked where the water was coming from and it wasn't going to end. So I, I prayed to God and the motor was so small, it hardly could move in that water because the boat was facing the water. Well, after quite a bit of prayer, we were able to break three free from the limb and I was able to take the boat over to the shore. We got out of the boat and nobody went into the river that day on the boat again. Now there was an example where I was afraid, but I had no promise from God that he would save us. I did have a promise that he would take care of us. And so I was praying for that. And that's an important point that the Sunday school literature tells us again and again, that Jesus also can calm the storms in our life when things really seem to be stormy and we don't know what's going to happen. There's no promise that we may get out of the storm. You can have a tornado coming to you and it could be the family will be hit by the tornado and the house destroyed and members of the family injured. But even if that occurs, God is still with you. And if you died, you would be taken to heaven. So this stilling of the storm makes an important point that Jesus is always calm. And therefore, the faith we have may not be a promise that the storm will cease, but we will get through the storm. Let's say we have a great temptation. Well, God promises in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, there's no temptation that will come to a Christian that isn't common to everyone. And God will provide a way of escape. So God is always with a believer. He is always taking care of them. And even though there may be some injury involved and even death, a Christian can be assured that God will keep his promise and be with us at all times. That's really what Christmas is all about. When the angel Gabriel says to Mary, and you will call his name Emmanuel. Those are three words in the original language, which refers to God with us. So that's the main point of the stilling of the storm, that this is God with us. And that needs to be a cross, given a cross to the students 
to give them comfort and also solace during their times when storms hit them. Pastor Tom Baker is our guest. We're teaching a Sunday school lesson on Jesus calming a storm in Mark chapter 4 on the other side of the break. It says that the disciples, after Jesus had calmed the storm, were still afraid, exceedingly afraid. What does it mean? Who was it, everybody? It was Jesus. It was Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now pay close attention, little children. It's somebody you ought to know. Yeah, it's all about a man that walked on earth nearly 2,000 years ago. Archbook's Treasury Christmas Collection is the perfect Christmas gift for children, grandchildren, and godchildren ages 5 through 9. This new resource is published by Concordia Publishing House. Their phone number, 1-800-325-3040. You can also purchase Archbook's Treasury Christmas Collection at issuesetc.org. The Issues Etc. Book of the Month for December, Archbook's Treasury Christmas Collection, 1-800-325-3040 or issuesetc.org. Psalm 144.1 Blessed be the Lord my rock who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. Those serving in the armed forces want LCMS chaplains. We need courageous pastors to bring the gospel and sacraments to those protecting our nation, along with wise counsel and the peace found only in Christ Jesus. If you are between the age of 26 and 43 and have a heart for ministry in the armed forces, call 314-996-1337 or email lcmschaps at lcms.org. Real Reformation Radio, you're listening to Issues Etc. Memoria Press award-winning Latin programs have successfully taught hundreds of thousands of students across the world. Their easy-to-use, step-by-step Latin curriculum provides students with an academic vocabulary, a mastery of English grammar, and strong critical thinking skills. If you're interested in learning more, visit memoriapress.com and save $5 on your next purchase by using the coupon code LPR23. Memoria Press, saving Western civilization one student at a time. The Word of God, Daily Worship, Lutheran Hymnody and Catechesis, Instruction in Phonics, Traditional Math, Literature, Grammar, History, Latin and Strings. It's all part of our daily life here at St. Paul Lutheran School in Hamill, Illinois. St. Paul is seeking teaching candidates for the 2023-24 school year. Learn more at school at stpaulhamel.org. Consider joining the faithful faculty at the only classical Lutheran school in Greater St. Louis. School at stpaulhamel.org. Happy birthday to the National Guard, tracing its roots to this date in 1636. LCMS Ministry to the Armed Forces supports all Lutheran Church Missouri Synod chaplains who serve on active duty in the reserves in the National Guard, Civil Air Patrol, and Coast Guard Auxiliary. Find out about their service at lcms.org slash armed forces, lcms.org slash armed forces. We're teaching a Sunday school lesson with Pastor Tom Baker on Jesus calming the storm. After Jesus calms the storm, it says that the disciples were still afraid. It says they feared exceedingly. What does that mean, Tom? Yes, that's a really important point you make because they were afraid before Jesus calmed the storm, and then they're afraid after he called the calmed the storm. 
In fact, in Mark chapter 4, then the wind ceased, there was a dead calm. He said to them, why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? And in Luke, he says, where is your faith? They were afraid and amazed. So we can understand that, that a lot of times fear comes to us when something happens that is totally unexpected. And that certainly was on the part of the disciples. We fear not only because we don't trust promises from God, but also because we don't understand why God does what he does. And in this case, you can see the disciples had great fear. But then the Bible also explains why they still had fear. In Mark, it says, and they were filled with great awe and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? In Luke, they were afraid and amazed and said to one another, who then is this that he commands even the winds and the water and they obey him? But I, I really like the Matthew translation. They were amazed, saying, What sort of man is this that even the winds and the sea obey him? That brings us back to what Jesus said, Have you still no faith? They not only should have had faith that he couldn't die in the Sea of Galilee, but if after reading the Old Testament, they should have realized that the only individual that has power over wind and wave is God. In other words, at the crossing of the Red Sea, sure, Moses held up his scepter and the waters divided, but it was God who was dividing the waters. When they crossed into Canaan over the Jordan, it was God who was dividing the waters. When we baptize infants, it is God who is using water. When we receive the Lord's Supper, it is God who takes bread, giving us the body of Christ, and wine, giving us his blood. We don't say, what sort of man is this? They, they still haven't figured it out that they were being confronted by God himself. Jesus was God because only God is able to calm the wind and the wave. And why was he able to calm it? He created it. John chapter one, nothing was created except by Jesus Christ, along with God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. But the fact is, he created that which he was nailed upon on the cross. He created the wind and the wave so he could control that. And so it's not until after the resurrection when Thomas sees Jesus and says to him, my Lord and my God, 
when they first speak of him as God. But this lesson shows that he is God all the time. He's also man, but this power over wind and wave is due to his divinity. The ability to die on the cross was because he had become a human being and therefore died for our sins. So, the Sunday school children should be taught, who is this that wind and sea obey him? He is Emmanuel, God with you, and he's with you at all times. And that's why we need not fear the storms of life, because God will bring us through them and all things will work together for our good from his point of view. And whether we recognize that or not, it's a promise that we may not understand, but it's a promise that we believe through the power of the Holy Spirit. What should the Sunday school children then know about Jesus in this account? They should know that Jesus is human and divine. He's human because he has to go to sleep. He's got to rest. He's on his way to talk to Gentiles after leaving the Jewish nation area, and therefore he needs rest. God doesn't need to sleep, but as a human being, he does need to sleep. But that the fact that he was able to control wind and wave also shows the students that he is God. And that's what we celebrate at Christmas. God with us, as Gabriel told the Virgin Mary. What are the law and the gospel of this story? The law is a lot of times we're going through a storm of life and it just doesn't appear that God is taking care of us. Why is this happening to me? What did I do to deserve this? And that's the law hitting us, showing us that we are sinners. And so it's our sin that causes us to fear and doubt God's promises that he will care for us. The gospel is the good news that Jesus comes to take away our fear, proving by his actions that he will always care for us. And therefore, even in the worst storm of life, say the death of a loved one who is a Christian, we can be assured that we will see that person again in heaven because God has made that promise and he is Emmanuel, God with us. Pastor Tom Baker is host of a radio show called Law and Gospel. For almost 30 years, he met monthly to prepare his Sunday school teachers for the classroom. Tom, thanks. Thank you. When we come back, it's your unanswered Bible questions, and Pastor Brian Ketchelmeyer and Pastor Brian Wolfmiller alongside to answer them. I'm Todd Wilkin. Stay tuned.
Listen to the best of the church's music for the Advent season at lutheranpublicradio.org. Sacred music for the Advent season. LutheranPublicRadio.org. What does it mean to be a man? The December issue of The Lutheran Witness takes up the question of anthropology. And for us as Lutherans, understanding what man is and who man is begins first and foremost with understanding who Jesus is and what he has done, how he is the perfect man. Pick up your copy today by visiting cph.org witness or visit our website witness.lcms.org to learn more. The Lutheran Witness, helping you interpret the world from a Lutheran perspective. Keeping the message straight. Getting the message out. You're listening to Issues Etc. We're Mount Calvary Lutheran Church of the Missouri Synod, located in Brady, the heart of Texas, the closest city to the center of our great state. We're a confessional, traditional, liturgical, sacramental, faithful congregation. We welcome you to Sunday school, Bible study, and divine service with every Sunday communion. You'll find us on the west side of town on Highway 87, next to the Brady Civic Center Golf Course and Cemetery. Mount Calvary Lutheran Church, Brady, Texas, where Christ is at the heart. Not everyone is comfortable with new technology. Dial A Podcast gives all generations of your congregation an easy way to hear your sermons or even devotionals and Bible studies. Once you've completed a simple one-time setup, we take care of the rest. All your congregants have to do is dial the number from any phone to listen to your latest podcast, all at no additional cost to them. Dial A Podcast. Extend the reach of your sermons. Get started at dialapodcast.com now.